Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. And you know, this week we, we kind of lost Ed. There's something that came up at the office. And uh, so he's kind of working through that, mm. you know, and, you know, we want to thank you for, you know, tuning in this week. Um, you know, we kind of really, you know, last week talked about a lot of the agricultural side of the house, the technology and agricultural side of the house. Which we kind of, you know, spun into a little bit of our, you know, right to repair, um, um, you know, information. You know, when talk about John Deere, I think that could be a whole episode on itself if you really think about it. Right to repair? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on that's spanning a lot of different sectors that yeah. inspect everybody, you know. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a jumping jelly bean. But this week, you know, I kind of, we want to go into, we want to take that. That con ag, we kind of talked about the ag, so we kind of went ag con, I guess. Um, yeah. And so we're going to start really getting into construction. So this week's topic that we're going to talk about is technology advancements in construction. So, you know, from when people were playing as kids back in their backyard using little yellow dump trucks, you know, and stuff like that, and their, uh, you know, yeah. in their, in their little, you know, sand little pits. Sandbag or sandbox. You know, sandboxes, yeah. And I say sand pit, sorry, the Marine Corps in me kind of, you know, I, I lost the fun with this, with the sand after a while. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't just, you know, building sand castles. Um, Sand's never been fun to me, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, well, like, you know. It gets everywhere and you can't, I mean. Well, you know, if somebody digs a too deep a hole, you can't get it back out of it. Yeah. Quicksand's always, <laughs> always scary. Yeah. But the thing is, is if you think about it, we've gone so, so far from the hand-controlled punamic or not punamic, but um, um, uh, hand-controlled dozers, mm. where it's like you had to push and pull motion to move the dozer from left to right, yeah. from left to right, to now we're steering everything with steering wheels. You know, we're you know we're kind of moving and it used and to be the, the donkey that pulled the plow. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, or the ste- or the roller or you know whatever. Yeah. But if you think about it, we have grown so much. In the, in the construction atmosphere right now, it's, you know, astronomical. Like, they just did the Con Ag show in Vegas. I think it was a couple weeks ago, I think it was, that we were looking mm-hmm. at it. The amount of technology that came through the Con Ag show was amazing. You know, just, just seeing yeah. the new stuff they were bringing. That's definitely a show I want to hit one of these years is get out to Con Ag, you know, kind of see, you know, kind of what's going on. But the thing is, is it kind of shows how we're moving in the 21st century. And a lot of construction stuff is in the world of the IT guy. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of scary. I mean, here's the thing, man. It's it's you, you've got you've got you know either uh, on one side. I know we talk about agri- we talked about agriculture last uh, last week. Uh, the you know the um, the farmers and stuff mm-hmm. like that having to get like their tractors are getting, becoming connected. Their computers are computerized, and a lot of those things are automatic. 
a lot of these things operate on specific timings and things need to be hit a specific same thing with your car yeah so when you think about that the bulldozers same thing they're going to be computerized more so than they are now you're going to have probably better camera view mm -hmm. like we added into your car we added the, the rear view camera they added the there's uh, in a few cars i think um the top view or the the surrounding view camera because there's the, th the there's 360 like, yeah the 360 view where you've got so many cameras that you can see all around you just from the screen next to you i have no doubt that that's going to be a safety thing and be required in some dozers yeah like that's that's something some forklifts and things like that we've already you think about you think about just in the like the blue dot um logistics what do you mean blue dot? No, on, on the on the like if you're talking about like but like if you're talking about, talking about like cameras and like you think about the blue dot yeah. on the forklifts yeah it points to where the forklifts going oh yeah no no exactly and it's and, it, and it's one of those things where it's it's like right now just in use in the logistics just in a warehousing just in you know moving parts and, and boxes you can see those forklifts like they're connected now like you have um you know position monitoring so you say why do i have five forklifts over here lifting two boxes or moving two boxes when I could just make this one lift or, or one forklift, move it to here and do this by himself and in increase the efficiency of this line. Like you got tracking on that side. You can see. Um, that That's an efficiency right, topic. Yeah, right now it's we, we can have everything just in time right. with, with production. <clears throat> I want to have it uh, right when my product's being made, right when my product's being ordered. I want to know when, um, when this is in a sequence and, and everything like that. And, and having that maybe a call button mm -hmm. or like some type of control like that, that's how the line can act, act, actually adapt to the needs of it, of the, of the product, mm -hmm. right? Hey, I'm missing these pieces. Hey, I've got a problem here. Hey, we need to rework this. Same thing with, with, with construction is mm -hmm. like, hey, uh, some, of these, some of these rebar didn't sit well in the concrete and it's crooked. We're gonna have to reset this, or you know, things like that, and you'll probably be able to tell with more precision, honestly, with any of those sensors, IoT sensors mm -hmm. on any construction interface. Like that'll increase your efficiency, your precision, your accuracy, all of those things. And you know what? That's probably gonna help. How fast you build that building? Oh yeah. If you think about it, you know, you're talking about you know the logistics warehousing and stuff like that, which right. is you know kind of outside of our scope of uh, construction, but whatever. We're known for it. Um, mm. Is if I need to call a forklift, why can't I do that based on weight? Yeah. I know what I know. What, I know what a pallet. I know what a, a case of, of parts weighs. Yeah, I already know that. If I put on a scale, a full case that I know is sealed, I know exactly what that weighs minus packing material. Mm -hmm. So I can take that and gauge by how many parts are in that bin. I can weigh one part and get how many parts equal that bin if I know how much the empty container weighs. If that starts getting low, I have on a digital scale. A digital scale sends a read switch and says, "Hey, guess what? Send me more parts." Yeah. Now it doesn't even. Now it's not even the operator that has hit a button. Now so the system does it automatically. So that's what I was gonna say. Is uh, honestly, in my opinion, it would be better if they have like some type of pressure plate, like you, yeah. you, your, or a smart shelf. Like yeah. it's crazy. You think the shelf is how are you gonna make that smart? But you have smart. Yeah. You, you have. You have um, a pressure sensor. Yeah, you have. You put a pressure sensor on there, and you get your <clears> weight measurements. And your weight measurements, if you can, if you can leverage more sensors, if if there's some way like an RFID of RFID tag to get all this data written into a database or saved mm -hmm. into a database format, then why couldn't you control your 
Um, like, you're like, hey, it takes me like 45 minutes to use this box of parts. Okay. Every 40 minutes, I'm going to have them send around a, a, a new box of them and, update, and, yeah. and, and clean it, right? Yeah. So, like, that, that also will tell you, okay, well, if I'm working on a certain number of hours per week, this is how many I should go through. And that mm-hmm. is how you, you can itemize your cost. Yeah, you, can, well. you can cut so much that way. And if you see anything, we'll miss him. You, you, you <laughs> You'll know definitely me. see it. <laughs> You'll know it by weight. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is you know, but and also we start thinking about, um, um, you know, the construction side of the house, the big forklifts that are out there, yeah. right? The big ones that move containers, that move, you know, other heavy equipment and stuff like that. Like the ones you see that, that have the grapple hooks on them that pick up these containers, like a military application. Yeah. They all have scales on board, so they know how much that piece of that container weighs. So when they pick it up, they know how much that container weighs. When you set it down on top of a truck, the truck knows how much it weighs. Do they have to record that? Sometimes. Okay, I was gonna say um, they probably save that somewhere. Usually, when you're going like to a like into a like a I guess a boat, um, most trucks, there's trailers have a weight scale. Hmm. That kind of tells them how much they weigh. Roughly on the newer ones, the older ones, like the older Peterbilt, not so much. The newer trucks, yep. So you kind of know, you know, based on technology-wise. So, but the thing is, is if they pick it up with that crane, they can tell you that, or that forklift, they can tell you, okay, this is how much this thing weighs. Yeah. You know, and set it back down. You have the entire, you know, scale amount plus internals, stuff like that. So they have that availability that they give it to somebody. But you start, and then you know, with that, you start, you know, if you look at it. If you're going, you know, on a construction site from outward in, um, you start with land clearing. Mm -hmm. You know, you start getting into land clearing and you start getting into the fact that now we have to use drone overflights to fly over this property line to see exactly what we're dealing with. Do I have, you know, to do a um, agricultural inspector to make sure that this is kind of what I got in front of me. Right. And I'm assuming they're using some type of LIDAR. Yep. They're using some type of like uh, um, you, know, you were saying, even that the the, the ground based sonar is, is is something that that is being utilized as well. But um, in my eyes, like it's the same reason why I saw lidar as so uh, groundbreaking with you know automated cars or or with you know bamboo printing printer. Yep. Like uh, lidar is incredible with its ability to kind of map out your terrain. Um, oh yeah, and and. To be honest with you, um, having a drone do that, they used to have to have, what, a surveyor come out? Yeah. It takes weeks, months on end. You're like, hey, I want to build here. All right, well, it's going to take me about a year to confirm that you can build here or or that it will support the building that you want to put there. Mm-hmm. So i got to come with a plan for a building to know the weight of my building and know everything, how it's going to deal with the land. If I can have a, a terrain map, I can kind of judge some of those things a little bit better, a little bit quicker. And honestly, it's not too difficult from that sense to see what the type of, uh, possibly the type of makeup ca- uh, of the soil right. and and see what they need to do. Think about it, most plots are four corners. Right, and and you could probably use Hopefully. that data to, to, you could probably use that data um, some, some type of way leverage um, if you do it for so many, you know, plots of land. You can leverage, hey, um, I see that you have your building. You want to build it like this. This is your proposed plan. However, you have a, a, a greater chance for a sinkhole at this location. Mm-hmm. I would suggest 
putting the parking lot here and keeping the building over here. Right. Something like that. That that's gonna save resources and also that's gonna protect a natural disaster. It's the same reason why people were thinking about you know earth earthquake um, proofing a building and having mm -hmm. like the center beam loosely attached but still attached yeah. so that your building can shake a little bit without violently collapsing. It's like if you think about it, you know, with a four point, you can actually map all four points of that in GPS. Yeah, you can fly it from point to point to point to point to point yeah. to point down the road. You know, it knows it's a straight line, so because it can do that in its head. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is you start doing these overflights and you start kind of, you see also, like, especially if you're, like, doing timbering, so you can actually kind of see what type of trees you have out in front of you. Mm -hmm. So you kind of know, okay, cool, am I getting my best yield going this way or right. that way, you know? And then, you know, from there, you start getting into your land clearing stuff, you know, which you know the land clearing would be a little bit more of a hassle because now you're going, actually rolling in, and, you know, clearing the land out, cutting down the trees, you know, removing them. So um, you're going to have to sell the lumber. Yep, sell the lumber. Or you're going to use it or do something with it. You know, or use it to build a house, you yeah. know, or the, or, the, or the location, depending on if you're doing like a, yeah. um, a log cabin type of build. But the thing is, is the machinery that goes in there, it, cut, it these machines go in and they, they grapple these trees, they cut it with a saw, and then they shave it. And cut it, shave mm -hmm. it, and cut it, shave it, and cut it, and drop it. They mm -hmm. stack it all up, you know, and then set it on top, and, you know, kind of go from there, you know. But with that, you're still GPS controlled, you know. Yeah. Most of these newer tractors, you know. And the thing is, is I'll say this: um, I got a, a friend of mine that um, his his construction company only runs case equipment, um, and what the brand case the brand is is called Case. Okay, um, but. So everything I've seen with them, it's great. And the thing is, is I noticed that more and more companies are doing the same exact things. Mm. So, you know, they're doing the fact that I can track my equipment real time. Yeah, it just makes sense to me. Like, it's it, you, you, you track your equipment real time. You, you make sure you're, you know, you could even see the pathway. Like, this is this is why we saw AGVs have, like, uh, um, um, become so prevalent because... You know, how nice is it to say, hey, I need this mm -hmm. and not need a person to take to, to go over to the parts and, you know, grab everything or or how easy would it be for like I, I know AGVs don't really work for outside. But how easy if you have a worker in each of the dozers to say, hey, I need this whole field. Hey, I need this tree cleared. Hey, I need this area cleared. What percentage are you at? How many trees do you have left? You can see where everyone's working. Yeah. And honestly, you probably keep that drone up there. You could watch it happening. Yeah, and loiter. Yeah, and, and, and um, do a little bit of a time lapse. Yeah. You know, let's see how, how it looks. AGV dozers. I think that'd be pretty interesting. Actually, pretty damn cool. AGV dozers would be cool. Also, a little bit scary because, yeah, like, the environment changes so much. But, like, if you... There's 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 so many so many different applications because I was, I was looking at it the other day is... Um, we talked about relativity space and yep. the KUKA robot arms that they use to, to 3D print. You're, you're using a, a KUKA robot that was a pick-and-place robot, and you're making it something else, which is innovative. Um, we do the same thing with paint robots and things like mm -hmm. that. Why can't I give this paint this paint robot that sprays it in a, in, a, in a set pattern, which is also trained very similarly to another you know pick-and-place robot, mm -hmm. why can't I give that a brush and have it Paint this, uh, this you know, white picket fence that's clearly like evenly spaced out, yeah, right? That or, or why can't I have it 
you know, take a taking um, it's filling cement into a wall mm-hmm. for a walkway or a driveway, and it's evening out those things where it took a team of like five or six people. Mm-hmm. It now takes two people, one person to prep it, one person to run it, and they both clean up. Oh, well, we'll, 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 I, I I've already know a topic we're gonna hit, and we start getting into vertical construction. Um, yeah. So I kind of I kind of know where that's gonna go. I'm just um, saying, and you keep three D printer on the the top floor, and it builds the floor, mm-hmm. and it like spits the floor out underneath it yeah. as it goes up. I I see something like that happening. AKA freaking you know building copier. Yeah. But the thing is, is you know once we get through all your land clearing, that's when you kind of bring in your sonar stuff. Okay, cool. Let me see what's going on under here. You know, after I compact it and grade it and all that stuff. But even then, you got graders. That their 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 buckets are are, mm-hmm. are are controlled via like a, a like a sonar and a lidar and a GPS mm-hmm. that tells you the angle that you must grade this thing at. You just hit it and forget it because most of these things for those type of equipment you have the same thing you have in agricultural equipment mm-hmm. is the auto steer, so the machine does it on its own. And, you know, sets it up and stuff like that, which is also good on our ergonomics topic that we were talking about yeah. a couple weeks ago, is it's easier on the back of the, uh, on the, back of the, of the, of the operator yeah. operate the equipment. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, it, we talked about this before, is, is like automation can be viewed as like, hey, you want, you're lazy or you want to get rid of these people's jobs, whatever, by automating it. You want the robots to do it. No, that's, that's I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I want the robots to do it, but no, it's not. That's not the reason. The reason is because of the repetitive stress injuries. The reason yep. is that we can increase the efficiency by taking out the one thing that's impossible to calculate is just the, the human worker, mm-hmm. right? Because you could that worker could last one day, could last a hundred days, could last a thousand days, a hundred thousand days. It, 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 it's crazy. So the goal should be to make that worker's life better, improve mm-hmm. that worker's <clears throat> output. And if that means that worker, instead of building the chair, is teaching a, a, a robot to build the chair and then making sure that the robot builds the chair the right way every single time, i.e. a quality check, Yeah, you're probably going to build more more product. Yeah. Like I'm never going to you know, try to intentionally put an individual out of a job yeah. Um. Unless given a reason to. That's not. But the, goal. the thing is, it's you know, if we can take that individual and turn them into a new career, new career, new career field. Yeah. Now you're a machine operator, and now now not only right. that is like you you're you're not you're a machinist. You also are a laborer. That you're a millwright. You, you, you move into a whole other category. Yeah. You've you've learned a whole other skill that makes you that much more, you know, um, marketable marketable to other companies as well as you know useful right and you know if you think about it you know in the construction sense you know you also when you start doing some of these i guess you could say your 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 sonar and checking to make sure you have any like open crevices down below yeah you know before you start digging and stuff like that you also have the ability to go to some of these aerospace companies who are running the commercial SAR satellites Mm-hmm. And your commercial mapping satellites, like ArcGIS, stuff that you know p- pipes in ArcGIS, and you can actually use a satellite in you know in uh, construction to map out the plot just from the air, from yeah. from a satellite dish or from a satellite that will tell you kind of what your topography looks like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, before you get too, you know, deep in the weeds, I guess you'd say. Well, and and I, I also want to add another piece to kind of the discussion because we've talked about it before and actually you've experienced it before. Um, uh, we've talked, we, I think most people actually have probably experienced augmented reality in some mm-hmm. form. Maybe, maybe it's been on their phone. Maybe it's been actual, like... VR goggles or something like that that projects a screen or an uh, object in front of the screen. A a lot of people have probably seen what some of the stadiums do uh, or some of the sporting events where they project um, these augmented reality images to, um, you know, show whatever spectacle they can. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking of, like, uh, like if I have a plot of land and let's say I'm a farmer, um, for this example. I mean, I, I guess we could say I'm a construction worker, too, because I can kind of flip it both ways. But if I was a farmer and I have this specific plot of land and I do a topography or, and, and get a, a, like a, um, the land cleared or I do this... Actually, before I even clear the land, I get the drone to do the, the recording of everything. I should be able to get this in some type of system where I can virtually... Um, augment you know what that looks like and and maybe possibly have a visual of hey what if i plant corn how mm-hmm. much corn can i make here <clears throat> if i put cotton here how much cotton is that going to be if this was a rice patty i mean depending on the, the environment of course depending mm-hmm. on the plant you probably have multitude of you know viable plants or crops that you can grow but hey should i be doing wheat here can mm-hmm. i get more wheat out of this can i get more I mean, honestly, most things are going to be going to corn. So can I get more mm-hmm. corn out of the field? And, and, and that's uh, aug- augmenting reality to test for things like that is rapid prototyping. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's um, the bleeding edge of, you know, technology on that side. I mean, it you, uses IoT, though, as well. You, you lay in, you know, kind of your topography mapping. You can yeah. see where hills are. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, stuff your drones may not pick up. But the stuff that you're... Your satellites will. They don't know yeah. it's there, no. you know. So it can pick up the hills and the valleys, and you can kind of see where your obstructions are, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, and, and that's where everything kind of comes back to. You know, certain things. You know, everything's got. I guess you could say a mother point. Mm. Um, and the thing is, is like technology becomes the mother point of some of these things. You know, like. For example, you know, the new age of, of dozers, the new age of ag equipment, all started with somebody in the technology field going, hey, guess what we need this? You know, like we met up with one of the with a company owner and said, hey, what do you need the most? And that dude said, well, I'm tired of checking my oil. I need to know when it's time for an oil change. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll give you a center. You know, or, hey, I you know, I need my headlights to come on automatically on, these, on this equipment. Okay, cool. Give you a center. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I need I need AC in the the the, 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 the tractors now. Because mm-hmm. somebody's too somebody gets too hot. Yeah. Okay, well, have you, an AC unit. You, you know, put that, a sensor when it kicks on. <laughs> right, and if the dude's you know dying of heat, guess what? We'll kick the you know or or freezing to death. We'll kick the heater on. You know, but the thing mm-hmm. is, it's it, it. Somebody came up with the idea. Somebody threw the sensors together and said, "Cool, this will work." However, ninety five percent of the stuff still sits on the on, on on the shoulders of the giants. You know, coming from the oil field. You know, from the MQTT side of the house. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, or in the GPS side of the house, coming from the from the U.S. Department of Government, the U.S. Department of Defense. Yeah. You know, everything comes from something. And if you think about it, if we're on a construction site and we're tracing, we're tracking our equipment, we're monitoring our, our fluid levels, our RPMs, and you know, stuff like that, it's all via MQTT, data relays, 
satellites, um, GPS, it all goes back to a home station for somebody to review. Now, if you take that 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 you know, somebody reviewing thing and throw it in a little bit of machine learning, mm. might save you a couple extra bucks. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is everything goes back to the mother topics of MQTT, GPS, and technology side of the house. But the thing is, is you can't do any of this stuff without the STEM background behind it. It's yeah. never going to be possible. It's, I mean, you're honestly going to have to be computer literate. It's it's tough at, the, at a certain point. You're going to have to, like, I, I just, just seeing how, like, hopefully not a lot of people will follow suit with what, um, you know, kind of John Deere's products were doing with, with the software restrictions. I mean, I see in a lot of places, it's like, hey, you use our software, you're going to have to pay us to use our software. Yeah. I get it. Absolutely, totally fine. But that means that there should be an open source software for the same thing somewhere. Right. Right? So it's hopefully there's more availability to those open source things and, and, and I guess more training, I would say, readily available for those things. But, but yeah, I think that as, as, long as, as long as you're increasing the amount of tech that's going to be in your processes every day, especially in the tech, or the, sorry, the construction environment, for me, when you think construction worker, I'm not thinking the techie. I'm not thinking the guy who's trying to do all these sensors. Uh, I'm thinking that he's just, you know, only only a few of them have I talked to have they been very interested in kind of the technology yeah. side of those things. Most of them are like, that's a dumb computer. Like, I can get the job done. You're, you're worried about that robot. I can get the job done easier, quicker. So think your electricians, your welders. Yeah, so honestly, <laughs> honestly, I would expect more of an electrician to want to do like the tech side of things, but it would also be it's it's kind of tough cuz uh I don't think they always have the best rap anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That that definitely don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry for all you electricians out there, Clean but up your clippings. <laughs> yeah, but also some of y'all can't wire RJ45 connectors to save your life. Man. Um you, you know what I mean, I I mean you need to do that, you know, that stuff two or three times. If you don't know um, how to do it, don't do it. Yeah, please call an IT guy and we'll do it for you. Um, we promise we won't give you credit for it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is I've seen a lot of welders out there who really get into tech, you know, little by little by little. You know, why? Because they're partially blind and, you know, at that point they're getting towards another career anyways. Um, or they just realize that their welder has a lot more technology behind it than they really thought. Mm -hmm. That's mostly what it is. You know, I think Pulse... With modulation, you know, welders now, yeah. stuff like that, you know, sustained current, you know, all of that. It's, there's a lot of, and you know, most of these things have little computers on board that you kind of, you dial in the thickness yeah. of the play steel you're working with, and it automatically gives you the variable curve that you need to be welding on, yeah. the temperature, the line speeds, and, you know, what ga you know, the gas pressure you need to coming out of your, your, your argon tanks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I want one of those welders, you know. But still, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to pay the astronomical amount that they want for one of them. But get you a welder, you just weld at the house. <laughs> hey, we used one to build a grill together, so yeah, something's got to work. Yeah, okay, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's something that's something that like I even I know gets away from construction a little bit, but mechanics like uh, you know back in the day, these combustion engines they. They, they operated off of, like, pulleys, and, like, when you press this button, you open this valve, and mm -hmm. because of that, like, the crankshaft in and of itself is an invention of, without any 
you know, tech. Like, yeah. it's it's timing out your pistons so that you don't have to worry about, you know, specifically firing those things off. So, like, honestly, in, in a lot of cases, your computers are much better at it than, you know, trying to machine a part and keep that part exactly machined the same mm-hmm. way for, you know, decades, right? And you start getting, like, VVT, variable valve timing and stuff like that and... Yeah, because if your computer can adjust to those things that it's measuring, by the way, it should be measuring constantly. I mean, it should be, it's almost probably the same thing in, in some of the engines and, you know, bulldozers and things like that. Yeah. You know, log log trimmers or log um, removers or anything like that, tree removers, I mean. So, I it's if they're not using it, they're going to be quickly replaced. Yeah. Because I don't see why you don't. And the thing is, is, you know, I guess we'll, we'll hit our, our one of our favorite topics of, you know, the construction side of the house. Something where, you know, I guess you can say the nerds get to play. Mm-hmm. It's vertical construction. Mm-hmm. Vertical construction, putting walls on a building, and going vertical with it. You know, this is why we talk about our welders, our lovely electricians, you know, uh, framers. You know, framers, you know, to do some interior framing, not some exterior framing, sorry. But, you know, that type of stuff. Even your even your framers got a little bit of new technology on that tell you where to cut the boards. Because if you look at my house, none of the walls are cut correctly. Um, they could use that. You'd probably get a, yeah, you'd probably get a little machine to cut it, and you just put all the same size things, and it cuts all your, your pieces out. You haven't yeah. got your puzzle, your, uh, a puzzle, and everything fits perfectly. Yeah, the only problem is my house was put together by Larry Curley and Mo, and oh. one of them was blind. You, you know, that actually reminded me. You know these, you know these cuts and these builds that are non-mechanical there's no metal pieces mm-hmm. or anything like that they're they're just like pokeyoki they just yeah. fit in place um there's a couple buildings that i've seen that are built solely with like this building was built with no screws no nails i think it's just with gravity and force it's yeah so it's using gravity to hold it in place and it's using the frictional forces from the cutouts on the it's like built in hexagonal like panels mm-hmm. and they all have extra little kind of they kind of have like little like like, claws yeah there's like, like three it's like a like three and it's cut in such a way that it's pulling and the pieces that it's touching is 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 pulling as well so they resist each other enough and it just sits in place wow. Crazy. Do not want to go in one of those places because knowing my luck would be the day the thing decides they're gonna have an earthquake. To be fair, those pieces though they weren't they were like 300, 400 pound pieces and these people could not pick the pieces up, so they had to get a crane to set these mm-hmm. all in place. It's it was something that was like a it it almost started out as like an art project, but it became a viable building and then it's like a it's like a musical hall because of the acoustics of it yeah i can understand that yeah. no, no 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 joints and stuff like that would definitely make good acoustics yeah but i think what we will kind of want to get to oh yeah oh yeah is the um 3d printing of a uh, of a of a building it's already happening yeah oh yeah definitely has and the thing is is i i i love the idea NASA's got them on board it recently with the um, uh, Mars um, habitat module that they just built recently. It just makes too much sense. For training. Um, and you're trying to use borosilicate concrete, which is like, you know, Mars-based silicate. Um, or what they think is Mars-based silicate, should say. Um, so, you know, God forbid you have an air leak. Um 
And they give you more than a PS3. God um, forbid you have an air leak in space, period. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, something about going in a small hole is never a good idea. Um, oh, you'll, you'll go through. You just... Yeah, you're not going to... Take the wall with you. Yeah, you're going to stop like feeling it halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, if you think about it, 3D printing houses. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we've got the tiny homes that are printing. We're not printing large communities. I think it's what Lenar that's partnered with some of these communities. Yeah, three D print houses. That's and that's one of the things too, because I like well, I was commercial. doing research on these machines, and you know, fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars, you can buy a machine. Yeah. Now this is not counting the resources it takes, the concrete it takes, all that stuff, the wiring. They still have to put wiring. You still have to buy windows. You still have to buy doors. Like, yeah. You know, they, I mean, you could print those, but those have to be placed on separate. Um, but at the end of the day, all of your blueprinted structures is three D printed and. And you brought up NASA, um, and I think that that's a vital re- like a vital reason to, to build those things, not just to make affordable commu- houses for the community. I think that goes without saying. We need mm. to make houses more available for a, a wider audience. Like it's it's the American dream, isn't it? You, you know, you want to own a house, you want to be, you want to live, you know, have your own little spot, have your place. Why can't we make that easier? Why has it got to be more expensive? But but on the other side of things is like when we're talking about interplanetary like terraforming, mm-hmm. like trying to build a population or trying to to even just build a science like lab, uh, like which pretty much what the space station is is a lab in space. Right. We build a moon base that's a that's a lab on the moon. We build a moon, Mars base that's going to be a lab on Mars. I guarantee you the first thing that they build is going to be a lab, mm-hmm. and and. This ability to build it, put it up, what was it, like two weeks they got it in? Yeah. Probably less than that. They can get get a building constructed with those pieces. Like, to me, that's that's game-breaking. And, and honestly, depending on how much materials it would, it would cost and if they could somehow compartmentalize or package them in a much less dense mm. way... Then, or if they find, honestly, it's going to be finding a new material to print out. Right. That's probably what it's going to be. But it's it's got to happen. And like I've said, it, I said it way long ago, but I've, and I'll say it again: is like construction of mm-hmm. like a space station as it's being flown. Yeah. Or or like you have you make the first base, and that base is you know a lab, and then you could spawn up uh, living facilities, and then now you have a community. And, and that community is, is so much quicker because what did we used to do whenever we just, you know, when we just moved into new land, we'd have to build our own cabin from our bare hands. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, if you think about it, my, my only thing with 3D printing houses, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Yeah. My thing is, is resistance to heat. So, like, you know, stuff in for wildfires. Um, what is the shear stroke, the shear force? So like wind resistance and wind resistance, but also hurricane. You know, if you think about it, if you if you start talking about like earthquakes, you talk about a left and right lateral movement. It's mm-hmm. the the shearing force. You know, what is the shear force of this stuff? Yeah. You know, um, what happens if you get a layer shift? You know, if you get a layer shift, can you, you know, fix it? Can, what can you fix, or or it does it, or is it now a complete? You got to bulldoze this thing and start over because you've now had a structural integrity issue. And if you have it happen twice, is it now more affordable or less? Right. And the thing is, it's was, it was really just trying to figure out, you know, are the properties worth it? I think it is. 
I think it, um, I think it is. And I think for certain areas, it's definitely you know viable. You know, some of the houses like Nevada and stuff like that. You know, those areas where it's nice and dry. It was great. You know, they're building barracks out of it now for the military. Yeah. You know, Alco Sam's always on a budget. Um, I was going to say, it makes sense that the military would hop in and try it out, too. But, and the thing is, if you think about it, it, with that, with the prices, how it is, anybody can really get into it as long as they have a process to get with, with a contract company, with a, with a um, uh, you know, um, concrete company. <clears throat> and, you know, build, like, sheds with it. You know, or, you know, something like that. Right. Nothing big. You know, we're not asking you to go out and build houses with it, but, you know, maybe a shed or something like that, you know, and and kind of, you know, you can grow a business that way. You know, be part of it, you know. Um, And, you know, I think, you know, for vertical construction, that's the next wave. It's going to be the 3D printing side of the house with interior construction being the same how it always is. You know, we start getting into like, you know, you know, stuff that you start getting into like, I guess you could say, like, paving and stuff like that. You start worrying about drainage, where they have to start mapping out your drains and, you know, water flows inside the roads and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I've even seen, like, you can even, like, it's, it's, it takes, you know, a process change to make something more innovative, right? Or, or more something more efficient, but it also takes, like, you know, a, a, like, the resource that you're using, because, like, NASA developed their own alloy that's, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand times harder than the hardest alloy that we know. That's crazy. And the fact that if they can 3D print that, then why isn't that 3D printing our spaceships, right? Yep. Um, and it's it's just a whole bunch of things that, like, uh, why, why not do this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's the, the logical step forward. Um, it makes things easier, more achievable, attainable, creates jobs for people. Exactly, definitely does. Be- because, like, yes... Maybe I take a dozen people that were building this one small house by themselves, and yeah, I, I take a little bit of them off because now it's you got a big machine that's mm-hmm. laying down the concrete. But the, you you get you buy four machines, you get four houses going. The same twelve people that you just employed to build one house now has an output of four, yep. right? And you've just quadrupled your output. You've quadrupled your output, and not only are you getting more houses out more uh, cheap or cheaply, you're getting more of the you know I would say less advantaged families, and you right. know maybe maybe it's hey <clears throat> we just had a her- an earthquake like uh, um, in, in in one of these third worlds, and hey I need to build some temporary structures, so I bring the 3D print um, building out there, and I'm throwing up quick quick make makeshift. Yep. Like, quick buildings, honestly, they don't have to be makeshift. They could be permanent buildings, right? Or tiny homes for the homeless. Exactly. Tiny homes for the homeless. That's that's something that's that's that would make sense. So, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, we talk 3D printing a lot. <clears throat> it, we, this is something we're very passionate about, but why wouldn't you, like, this is, a, this is, a, homelessness is, you know, a nation, or a global problem. Right. Why wouldn't you want to assist with that and... And of course, yes, everybody wants to make some type of money off of it. But at the end of the day, if if we could make things cheaper, then the money will come through. Yeah, there's always that's, grants for that type of stuff. Too. That's yeah, and that's the way a lot of these the capitalism works. Is like yeah, if I pay for a hundred two hundred thousand dollar house, and and you built the same house in a hundred thousand dollars, and it's relatively the same. Yeah, but it's not brick outside; it's concrete. I'm gonna contemplate going for that cheaper house. Yeah, 
Because what, what am I giving up? A brick look? I could put veneer brick on the outside and make it look brick. Yeah. The thing is, you also got these guys out there trying to get rid of the layer lines of the concrete and stuff like that, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah, because you could come back through and with some more cement and smooth it down. Yeah. Or, hell, make it look like it's not concrete. Put a drywall up. Yeah. <laughs> it, so, you know, that's just... Yeah, we could... I mean, I'm going to be very honest. I could talk about the 3D printed house, houses forever because, like, for me, if I got the machine to be able to 3D print houses, like, you you can't stop me from looking for a, a way to, you know, maybe I get a plot it. of land and, and, and start making the tiny houses for the homeless. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a full-fledged, single-family, two-story building, but, you know, some of these machines can make that. Yeah, Exactly. But, and yeah. but you know I think that'll be a, an episode all on its all on its own I think yeah. later <laughs> at, at at some point you know we definitely we'll, we'll definitely hit that but I think don't think we've left anything out on the construction side of the house I don't think well there's always there's always topics I mean yeah, like there's always more but I think we've hit the major wickets yeah I mean it, it, it you the, the the big things cost reduction you know preventative maintenance yeah. you know you're getting to it you know much sooner you're you know saving resources because you can get the exact number of changes or whatever like the, these are a lot of the key key topics that i yeah. wouldn't you know say because construction you're building something everything's you know right everything's finite yeah and you know the thing is, is if you can track it you can see it you can build it yeah. you know and the stuff like that and you know the thing is is you know we got more and more people who can get out into the trades now yeah. because of technology you know, you can't be the, you know, oh, I'm a programmer. Okay, cool. Well, I need you to you know, go help program the system for this dozer. You know, welcome to the trazer, but, you know, go get your, go get your hands dirty. You probably haven't seen the light of day in two or three years, but. Hey, go touch some of this grass over here. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dirt or something. Go, go, go see what the outside is for a few minutes, okay? You know, um, but the thing is, it's always good to see there's other companies that are employing people like that. Yeah. You know, Case um, and some of them. Uh, Caterpillar is another big one. A couple of other companies um, that are employing, you know, developers and stuff like that yeah. and saying, hey, fix this for me. You know, let's improve this. And it's those developers who are getting out there in the field and watching this take place, knowing what they have to do. You know, and better understand that stuff, getting part of the, part of the R&D process. You know, I, I think <clears throat> from there, we are changing a hundred, two hundred year old process. You're changing the way they think. You're changing the way the railroads were built. You're changing the way you know, because like, why isn't all this information ran into a system and 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 like it goes back? Are we just lo lo like even if you're talking construction, you're talking road construction infrastructure. Right. Are we just throwing out roads just because we're like, I want a road here. Is it a road that everyone voted for, or is it a road that you have calculations on that the traffic level is? By the way, I, I did it. I took I took some linear math in, in in college, and there are graded stops and graded yeah. like uh, th all those intersections have a grade based on how much traffic can go through. If you're getting an F consistently, you're gonna need to change <laughs> or open that road up a little bit, or people are gonna stop going that way. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. Yeah, so. But, you know, the thing is, is, you know, that right there is, you know, you know, how technology gets evolved in construction in a nutshell. There's always yeah. more. There's always less. The thing is, it's, you know, if you agree with it or not. And the thing is, is we just hope everybody gets involved in it. Mm -hmm. Or at least gets involved in the discussions of, you know, how do we get STEM involved in this type of stuff. 
you know, how do we continuously increase that process? Right. Um, so, you know, I'll, you know, I'm, I think we've came to the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from my side, I want to say, you know, big thank you. You know, I see we've got a little over 1,500 people that have, you know, listened to us rant so far. Um, you know, and I want to say thank you to every single one of you. We've got some new areas that's listened to us. And, you know, we hope that the goal of, you know, spreading STEM and stuff like that, <clears throat> you know, out in the community is, is, is working. Um, you know, leave a comment, you know, on, you know, the YouTube channel and stuff like that. Let us know if there's anything else you want to hear. Send us an email. Let us know, hey, you know, you guys were wrong about this. Okay, cool. We want to have a conversation like that. You know, or yeah. if you think that, hey, guess what? I'm, I'm a specialist at this. You know, can I jump in? Send us an email and we'll talk to you. We'll see if we can we can bring you in and we'll, you know, have a conversation about something. You know, we go from there. You know, we'd love that. And it doesn't have to be on the podcast. If, yeah. If you're an expert on a topic and you want to and you want to talk about it, we can have a private conversation through email. Yeah. And and that'll be enough to talk about as long as like we can talk pure topics. Nothing should be holding back. Right. And you know, I think that's, you know, one thing that, you know, I'd like to, you know, eventually get to. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you are in the world, you know, let's just let's just have a conversation. There's always Zoom, there's always Teams, there's always something. You know, we can definitely have a conversation. But, you know, with that, I'll say it again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means more to me to see that people are listening and seeing how this idea that, you know, me and Ed had one day sitting at the dining room table is is, is taking off. And, you know, how people are listening to it, getting good, good content out of it, you know, learning something. That was the big ticket, you know. Out of everything that we do, you know, the shirts that we got, the blog posts that we do, the YouTube channel stuff that we do. It's all about learning something. It's getting people interested in STEM day in and day out. So, you know, I just want to say thank you again. Turn it over to John for the final part. All right, guys. So, you know, always, always ditto. Always, always got to repeat the thanks. Like, it's, it's, it should never go without saying. Um, uh, it's, it's some, it's, it's very, pre- we're very <clears throat> appreciative to have a platform to kind of get these things out there. Um, and, and if, you know, you want to have a conversation, anything like that, it's very stimulating for us. So it's, it's something that we like to do, um, even if it doesn't go on the podcast. So, um, you know, encourage you, highly encourage you to reach out. If you find a place, I'm going to be honest with you, nobody's perfect. We're all human. There are times where we state something wrong. It's okay. But just know that we also don't mind eating crow and being told what's right because that means we're learning something. Exactly. So at the end of the day, speak up, please. It's going to help benefit you. It's not only going to benefit you, it's going to benefit me. Um, Or us, I should say. So um, once again, I appreciate everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, stay tuned. We've got uh, a, a lot of things that are you know coming up actually pretty rapidly. So um, we're gonna be you know having something to to show for that. But I don't want to give too much away too soon. So um, keep listening, guys. We appreciate everybody, and uh, you know keep stay tuned. All right, y'all. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.